son, the loudest one. Representing BK to the fullest. Gats are bullet. Bastards ducking when big B bucking. Chicken heads be- Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. It's your boy Jalen. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please come to the YouTube channel. Please subscribe so you can see the full visual, get the full effect of the show. Where we'll start is this. So, when I dropped last week, the day I dropped the episode, Dak Prescott signed a four-year, $160 million contract to stay with the Dallas Cowboys. $126 million of that is guaranteed. I think he has the largest signing bonus in NFL history with like $66 million. Here's the thing, and this is why I wanted to start with this. This is what happens when betting on yourself goes right. I may not feel that Dak Prescott deserves X amount of money. Uh, Jerry Jones may not feel like Dak Prescott deserves X amount of money. But when you bet on yourself, this is and, and it goes right. This is what happens. So I have to say shout out to Dak Prescott. You know, Dak Prescott. He stuck to his guns. He he was saying that he wants to get paid like Patrick Mahomes, which a lot of people, including myself, was like, that's wild. But the man, I think I think the number came out. He'll be making seventy five million dollars next year like that. And this is this is coming off of a franchise tag. We made like thirty five or thirty six or something like that, you know. Dak Prescott to me, Dak Prescott is. If he is a top 10 quarterback, he's closer to 10 than he is to one. Um, but it all goes back to value. We talk about a lot. We talk about value a lot on the on this channel. It all goes back to value. If I look at Dak Prescott, sort of how I look at Draymond Green. While I don't think Dak Prescott is a top I don't know, 10. I think he'll be if I think he'll be a top 10, top 15 quarterback. But the value that he brings to Dallas is immense. And we saw that after he got hurt in Dallas. When he got hurt and you had to bring on um Andy Dalton and we saw they they only won I think like 6 games last year. The team was in disarray with Dak Prescott being out. And That is the reason why he's able to ask for as much as he asks for. Because think about it. If he played for Carolina, where you have Christian McCaffrey and you have that incredible defense, then I don't think he would be able to ask for that much money because you don't rely on him as much as Dallas does. And that also goes back to uh, – and actually, that kind of ties into – the lack of production that they've gotten from Ezekiel Elliott ever since they paid him that big contract. In fact, the lack of the lack of uh, production that they've got from all the players that signed the big contracts, Lawrence, um, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari uh, uh, Cooper, it's like Jerry Jones has paid the wrong people at the wrong times. And those people have not produced. So when you look at that and you realize, well, I have, I as in Dak Prescott has produced uh, 
everything you asked for outside of, I don't know, a championship or a Super Bowl, then you get to, you can ask for what you asked for. And either Jerry Jones is not going to pay and going to push you on a franchise tag for another year, which I think is like $50 million again, and go the Kirk Cousins route, <clears throat> or you can stick to your guns and be like, no, this is what I want, and, and this is the price range. And he did that, and as you see, he got paid. Like I said, he'll have the highest, the largest signing bonus in NFL history, which is $66 million, which is incredible to me. But the question is asked now. A lot of people ask, how do you justify this contract? If you're Dak Prescott, if you're Jerry Jones, if if you're the, the Cowboys, what do you have to do to justify this contract? And I say, the only way that you justify this contract is just go out and produce. I don't, and, and a lot of people are saying he has to win a Super Bowl. A lot of people are saying he has to at least make it to a Super Bowl. Look. Everybody wants to make it to a Super Bowl. Everybody plays to make it to a Super Bowl. I don't think, as currently constructed, the Dallas Cowboys are good enough, even with Dak Prescott, to make it to a Super Bowl. I haven't seen the production from Ezekiel Elliott. I haven't seen the production from any of the wide receivers yet, and that's including CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Gallup. I haven't seen the production from Pollard. I haven't seen the production from anyone uh, on the defense while I'm not saying they have not been productive, I haven't seen the production that can get them to a Super Bowl. And Dak signing this big contract, in my opinion, doesn't mean that he has to make a Super Bowl because, like, it's like, and we talk about this all the time, NFL is different from the NBA. The NBA, one player can really affect a team. Steph Curry makes a team exponentially better. In the NFL, it's kind of not the same because if that's the case, Aaron Rodgers would have multiple Super Bowls or Drew Brees might have more than one. So I don't I'm not one of those people to say he has to win a Super Bowl to justify the contract. I'll say you just go out there and produce, try the best. And because we know Dak Prescott has performed. I'm not going to say he hasn't. I, he has performed. And he's performed enough to get a hundred and sixty million dollar contract. So shouts out to Dak, man. Shouts out to Dak Prescott for betting on himself and ultimately winning. Cause at the end of the day, that's 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 what's most important. But also want to say before before we move on, it's crazy how 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 this. So a lot of people are 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 wondering how the Dallas Cowboys can afford this contract with all the other contracts they have, especially with the salary cap. And that's and the biggest question is, is the salary cap going to go up or down? A lot of people, you know, we're seeing a lot of cuts, like Emmanuel Sanders has been cut. Uh, two linemen from the Chiefs have been cut. We're seeing a lot of cuts because they don't know what the, what the salary cap is going to be like. And a lot of people are, are, are thinking that Jerry Jones might have tipped his hand saying, the salary cap might go up because you paid him that big, that large of a contract, not to mention, you know, the NFL TV deals and stuff like that. I just say this. If Jerry Jones knows something that the organ, other owners don't, then that is a problem that the NFL has. Because I understand that Jerry Jones is the owner of the most popular team in, in the world, but there, 
that is not competitive fairness. Like you have to be fair. Like the 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 Jacksonville Jaguars G, uh, owner has to know the same thing that Jerry Jones knows. I'm not saying that they're on the same level as far as skill or whatever as a, as far as a team, but I do think if Jerry Jones knows things that the other owners don't, that to me has to be rectified. Now, if he doesn't and he's just going on a whim, then hey, do what you, do what you do, bro. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But let's move on. So we talk about Dak Prescott, and we talk about other quarterbacks, and this is a quarterback-driven league. We know that. And there are multiple quarterbacks and multiple teams that are still looking for a quarterback. Uh, just yesterday, Cam Newton signed a signed a one-year deal with the uh, to re-sign with the Patriots, which I, I, I kind of had a feeling he was going to do. I kind of wanted him to go to Washington, but – I understand that that was going to happen. I, I kind of felt that, uh, you know, before he had COVID or before he contract or got COVID, you know, he was he was he was having career year. He was while, you know, there's still a lot of deficiencies that um, he has and that the team had. You know, he was playing great. He was he, he was one of the better. He to me outside of Alex Smith was the comeback player of the year. And then, of course, COVID hit and, and the rest of the season happened. I think he only had like 10 touchdowns total or something like that. Or eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions, something like that. So what I wanted to do today is, like I said, there's a lot of coaching. I mean, had uh, quarterback vacancies. And I wanted to fill them. You know, I wanted to. We have Carolina. We have Chicago. We have the Saints. We have Washington. We have Jacksonville. Jets. Dolphins. And the Texans. Now, of course, there's a couple teams that we could talk about, but there's no need to talk about. Like, there's no need to talk about Seattle. Even though we see the rumblings with Russell Wilson in Seattle, I don't think – I think that would be career suicide for any GM or any owner to trade a Russell Wilson, not only seeing how good he is, but how young he is. Also, Jimmy G, I mean – the Jimmy G got them to a Super Bowl. I also understand that it was the help of their defense, but da damn near their whole team was injured, especially on the defensive side last year. So I don't see the 49ers giving up Jimmy G unless they get like a hall form or something. And of course, we've heard about Derek Carr and the Oakland Raiders. I, I again, I don't see unless they get a Deshaun Watson, which I don't see happening. I don't, I don't see Derek Carr, and Derek Carr has been good. Like I just, you need Jay Gruden to John Gruden to trust him and everything, but I think Derek Carr has been good enough to be the quarterback. But let's start with Carolina. Let's start with Carolina. I think I think the rule that it's out that now. Actually, before we start, before we go, some of these uh, quarterbacks are free agents. Some of them aren't. Some of them are in college. We'll just talk about it. I, I, this is my show, <laughs> and we'll and we'll do that. But let's start with Carolina. I think the rule is out. I, I think that it's it's kind of it, the writing's kind of on the wall for Teddy Bridgewater, even though it has been a year, and he even though uh, they signed him to a lengthy contract. I think that you know Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers are kind of they've kind of seen enough. They've kind of seen the limitations that Teddy Bridgewater has, and I don't know if they're patient enough to give him yet another year. So because of that, I think the quarterback that will be starting for the Carolina Panthers next year is Trey Lance. 
Trey Lance is one of the best college prospects that we have. Now, I know he played in North Dakota State and that they didn't even have a season this year. I think he had maybe one or two games. But a lot of people are saying he is one of the best quarterbacks outside of, of course, the top one. And what Car- to me, Carolina wants a more mobile quarterback that can also throw the ball. That's what they thought they were kind of getting from Teddy Bridgewater. And that I, I believe that they'll take a chance on Trey Lance. I don't think that they're going to get their first option, which is Deshaun Watson. And I don't. I, I kind of think that the the writing is on the wall, like I said, for Teddy Bridgewater. So because of that, I, I think Trey Lance will be starting next year for the Carolina Panthers. Let's go with Chicago. Chicago is an interesting team. You know, you have Mr. Trubisky right now. You have Nick Foles. But we, it's kind of like Teddy Bridgewater. I feel Chicago is kind of at their wits' end with Mitch Trubisky. Not saying he's bad, but he's to me, he's not a quarterback that can get you over the top. He has too many games where he's incredible one game and then just god-awful next. And that's kind of like with Nick Foles as well. Nick Foles is a glorified um, bench player, and – he will be great coming in as a as a six man or reserve or, or or backup quarterback, but we've seen Nick Foles as a starting quarterback, and it has like for an entire season, and it has not been it. So, I think that Chicago is looking for a change, and because of that, I think that they'll go with Sam Darnold. Now, before I understand, Sam Darnold has been god awful for the Jets, like god awful. And here's why I think that a lot of people are still up on Sam Darnold. Because if you look at the Jets organization and you look at Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold has talent. We've seen flashes of talent. We saw talent when he was at USC, and we've seen talent, we've seen flashes of talent while he's with the Jets. The problem is there's been so much confusion and uncertainty and change around him from head coach to players to offensive line to 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 GMs it's like there hasn't really been stability and he hasn't been paired with a good coach honestly and a lot of people think he just might need a change of scenery because his confidence could be broken and that's kind of what you saw with Carson Wentz which a lot of people have Carson Wentz I think they're crazy but a lot of people have Carson Wentz going like in the MVP conversation seeing as though he's just leaving a situation and going to the Indiana Colts or Indianapolis Colts. So I think Sam Darnold will be, I think Chicago will have Sam Darnold. I think that a change of scenery, uh, a good coach, uh, a, a solid offensive line, because their offensive line is pretty good. And, you know, they just franchise tag Allen Robinson, so you give him pieces. I think that Sam Darnold could flourish in Chicago. I think, again, I it has to be a, a mental thing at first. And, you know, like he has to get over the mental hurdle of, okay, what happened in New York is over. Let's let's get it together. But I think starting next year or starting next season, Chicago will have Sam Darnold as their starting quarterback. Let's go with the Saints. To me, the Saints is pretty easy. Uh, a lot of people are trying to tell me that either A, um, we're seeing a lot of videos come out about uh, Drew Brees working out, pushing the sled, um, which is cool. 
you know, I, I do the sled, but I'm not even close to being a NFL quarterback. But it has to – I mean, the Saints, because they're in cap hell right now. Like I said, they just released a, a really good wide receiver in Emmanuel Sanders. They released Javaris Jenkins. Um they're in cap hell. There's so their their money is so tied up. They they have so much money tied up to to different players. It's like they can't really make many moves. Um, and it has to be Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston one is the only quarterback that has thrown more than two touchdowns for a season on the roster. And we saw flashes of Jameis Winston, you know, being good for the Saints last year. Uh and after he got the the eye surgery, you know, you want to see what he has. Not to mention like I I don't I don't I don't see how the Saints uh, one I don't see how the Saints can bring on a another top player without giving away something big or or cutting something big, but they have a lot of like I said they're in cap hell. So I think James Winston is going to be the starting quarterback because you don't really have a better quarterback as far in the quarterback position. You know, you can say Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill to me is more of a runner than a quarterback. So, and not to mention, I think he's only thrown like one or two touchdowns in his entire career. So it has to be Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston to me gives you the best. I'm not saying Jameis Winston is going to lead you to a Super Bowl or anything, but Jameis Winston gives you the best option and opportunity to win at the quarterback position next year for the Saints. Let's go with Washington. Now Washington is a is a of course that's near and dear to my heart. I'm a I'm I'm born and raised in in the DMV and you know we we know what happened last year with Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins and at the end Tyler Heineke and of course we signed Tyler Heineke to I think like a two year deal or something like that. But in my opinion, Tyler Heineke is not a starting quarterback. And in Washington's opinion, I don't think they think he's a starting quarterback, seeing as though, you know, they're still on the market for a quarterback. And we just recently talked about Chicago. And while I did want Cam Newton to be on Washington, seeing as though I like the ties with Cam Newton and Ron Rivera, I think that Mr. Bisky is going to – I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think Mr. Bisky is going to end up in Washington and be a starting quarterback. Now, I don't – again, I don't think that Mr. Mr. Bisky can bring you – take you all the way to a Super Bowl or anything, but I do think that, one, he's better than Tyler Heineke. And I think that he – out of all the quarterbacks that could go to Washington, I think he'll give you the best – the best option of winning is really either between him or Sam Darnold. Uh, and, and I will go with Mr. Bisky from what I've seen. Not to mention, I also think Washington needs to do a lot more in the free agency pool, you know, with wide receivers or, or linemen. But I think Mr. Bisky will be starting at the quarterback position for Washington. Uh, let's go to Jacksonville. And Jacksonville, to me, is pretty easy. Uh, you know, Urban Meyer, Urban Myers does not come out of retirement to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars if they didn't tell him, okay, we have the first overall pick is going to Trevor Lawrence. You know, you're hearing a lot of people saying Trevor Lawrence is one of the greatest college prospects they've ever seen. Uh, you know, he's up there with with 
Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning as far as prospects. Do I think he'll be as good as Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning? I don't know, especially going to the Jaguars. I, I don't know. But that I mean, there's no there's no if, where's if, if, ands or buts about it. And this is that's the one team. Jacksonville, I don't think, even if Deshaun Watson says, I want to go to Jacksonville, I don't think they'd give up that first overall pick for Deshaun Watson. Not saying that Deshaun Watson isn't good enough, but I, I just think that you bring on Urban Myers to coach Trevor Lawrence. And I think, like I said, it's Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's That's just how it is. You have the Jets. Right now, Sam Darnold is the quarterback. But like I said, I think that Sam I think that they're kind of over Sam Darnold. And I think that they kind of know that it'd be best if they part ways with Sam Darnold. And I don't think I think that the Jets are one of the teams that have the most that can, you know, can give you a bigger package or the best package for Deshaun Watson. But I we'll talk about it in a second. I don't think that they'll be able to make that make that move. So I think that the Jets are going to take Zach Wilson from BYU. I've seen Jack Will, Zach Wilson play, and he he can sling the ball. He he's a gunslinger. I'll tell you that. And you know, but he also he also is a mobile quarterback. And I think that I mean, again, I don't think the Jets have many options at the quarterback position uh, outside of Sam Darnold if they do decide to keep him or not. But I think that Zach Wilson will give you the best option, especially at the what number two overall pick. Um, and, you know, I, I think that it really depends on what happens with Sam Darnold. But Zach Wilson, to me, is is the option. He, You know, a lot of people have him as the second best quarterback. A lot of people have him at the third best quarterback. But where they'll be drafting, I think that you kind of want a sure thing. And from what I'm hearing and from what, what they're saying on all the all the channels and stuff, he's pretty much a guaranteed quarterback. So, yeah, the Jets, I think, will take Zach Wilson. The Dolphins. The Dolphins is another team that could go all in for Deshaun Watson. You could. They have a lot of draft picks. They have uh, Tua. And, again, I think that they – them, the Dolphins and the Jets have the most that they could – to package up a deal for Deshaun Watson. But, again, I don't think that's going to happen. <clears throat> and because of that, I think that the Dolphins will stick with Tua. I mean, he was a first-round first pick last year, and he shot, he showed flashes of, of – of a great a good quarterback last year now again he was benched twice and you know I do want to chalk that up to what happened with COVID you know mini camp was different training camp was different they didn't have a, a preseason and you know he's still young and and he's also coming off an injury so I think that they're not gonna they're not gonna bail on to it just you know this fast especially with hearing rumors that Ryan Fitzpatrick might retire. And, again, I don't think that they'll be able to make a move for Deshaun Watson. So I think that they'll start they'll, – they'll finish with Tua. Or not finish. I think that they'll give Tua at least another season. I'm not saying that he's, like, on the cusp of getting cut or anything. But, you know, you, you have a good team. You have Brian Flores as a coach. You have a really good defense. You have a good running back. You have some, some solid offensive pieces, uh, especially like Devontae Parker and stuff like that. I think that – Tua just needs time, and I think that the Dolphins kind of have no no choice as to you know sign Tua 
or keep Tua or or move him for Deshaun Watson, which I don't think is going to happen. Which brings us to the Texans. A lot of people are saying, yo, Jay, hold on now. You know, we've heard reports that Deshaun Watson says he's never going to play a down for the Texans again. And, of course, you know, he's given teams that he's willing to be traded, seeing as though he has a no-trade clause. So it's like, damn, Jay, hold on. Why is Deshaun Watson not on your list? Like, why do you have Deshaun Watson not going to the Jets or not going to the Dolphins or not going to Carolina? I fear because every single report I've heard from, like, on the Texan side is they're not answering calls and they're willing to wait this out. And I fear that Deshaun Watson will sit out the entire season. And I think he'll sit out the entire season because I don't think the Houston Texans will trade him. I think that they're they're kind of dug into the dirt. And I think that they 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 feel, look, we have him for I think he's he's still on contract for like four or five more years. And I think that they're like, you know, we have him on contract, you know. We're gonna we're, we're gonna see who's who bluffs first, and I and again they're not even answering calls. And if, if I were the Texans, and I think that the Texans are honestly shooting themselves in the foot because if he's already come out and said that he's willing to sit out for the entire season and lose upwards of thirty million dollars, which he can get back in endorsements, of course. But if he said that, you have to get something for him now, or the imagine if. You're you're sitting week five or week ten, and he still hasn't played. That means teams are not going to give you anything. So then I think that you know it's it's in jeopardy of even is Deshaun Watson even going to be moved? And I think that that's not fair to him. Now again, I understand he signed the contract, this, that, and the third, blase, blase. But I think the Texans are going to stand pat until they realize, yeah, too too far is like it's it's just too far gone. And at that point, I think you're not really going to get much form. Same as, and I think Deshaun Watson, as we've heard, he's going to stand on his rest on his laurels and stand on the fact that he wants to be moved. So with that being said, who do the Texans start? You know, the Texans have a a pretty high draft pick, and I think that they're going to sign Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields, while he is not Deshaun Watson, I think that he is the closest thing to Deshaun Watson as far as, you know, a mobile quarterback with an arm, I do think that Justin Fields still needs some, you know, still needs to grow as a player. But I think that the Texans kind of have no choice. They have to draft a quarterback because what's looming with this Deshaun Watson thing, I, I don't see it happening. So I think Justin Fields will start a quarterback for them. Uh, you know, we just heard Mark Mark Ingram signs like a one-year deal or stuff like that with them. They're trying to bring pieces, but like I said, I think it's too far gone with Deshaun, and you have to bring in a quarterback. So I have Justin Fields signing with the Texans. Or not signing, getting drafted by the Texans and being the Texans starting quarterback. And, of course, you know, last but not least, the Patriots. I don't need to really talk about them because Cam Newton just signed. I kind of felt that was going to happen because, like I said earlier, with COVID, I mean – the the we know the options that were around Cam Newton wasn't ideal outside of COVID. You know you have damn near half the defense uh, opting out due to you know COVID, and you know you you it is it is 
it's it's legend that the Patriots offense and the Patriots as as a whole is one of the hardest teams to just integrate yourself in, seeing as though they have such an extensive, uh, you know, playbook and and it changes all the time. So that's you know, I I feel it's not really fair to assess assess him as far as Cam Newton off of one year, especially how tremendous, you know, how treacherous this year was with COVID and then all the, you know, not having the preseason, not really having the training camp and, and players opting out and, and having to kill Harry as your wide receivers and Jacoby Myers and stuff like that. So I would like this. I, I would like to see Cam Newton. You know, I, I do want to see him a full season. I do want to see him with a, a training camp. If they have preseason with a preseason, just to see, you know, how he, you know, give him a fair shake, especially someone coming off of injury. You know, I think the reps is the most important thing for him. So those have been, you know, some, uh, again, we don't need to talk about other, like we don't need to talk about who's going to start for the Green Bay Packers. That That's dumb. We don't need to start because we know it's Aaron Rodgers. We don't need to talk about teams like, even though, you know, they've been trying to get Kirk Cousins out of there since he signed the contract. We know Kirk Cousins is going to sign for the, or going to be the quarterback for the Vikings. Same as Patrick Mahomes or, or Tom Brady. So those are the quarterback, you know, the, the head, the quarterback vacancies and who I think will fill them. If you don't agree, let me know. Or if you, if you feel something different, let me know. Let me know who you think will start for your team or a team that I just said. So, Let's move on. Let's 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 get out of football. So the N- the NCAA finds themselves in a little bit of a pickle. So Duke has not had the best season at all. Like they've probably had one of their worst seasons that I can remember Coach K having. Now they did have a play. They did have a player opt out halfway through the season. They did get hit with COVID. Again, we'll talk about why we're talking about it now, but they did get hit with COVID. And of course, you know, it, you have it's, it's just been tough for the NCAA and, and tough for teams because you have some teams catching COVID, some teams not other games getting canceled, this, that, and the third. And this all stems from Duke was in the so Duke's season is pretty much over, seeing as because. They were in the ACC tournament, and one of their players or, or one of the faculty members or one of the staff or whatever contracted COVID or got tested positive for COVID. And because of that, Duke shut down the uh, the team and shut down the athletics program as far as, you know, until it gets situated in the middle of the ACC tournament. And this is so big because Duke has had a, a bad year, and they the only way they, were, they would have made – the uh into NWA uh, they made the tournament is if they would have won the ACC championship. Now I don't think they would have won, but that's the only way. That is the only you know getting that automatic bid is the only way. Seeing as though they've had a bad season, but this is why I said the NCAA is kind of in a pickle. The NCAA kind of runs off of the popularity of their blue bloods of you know the big names like duke like north carolina like i don't know florida and stuff like that like they or my like they are big when it comes to blue buzz and kentucky has had probably the worst season they've had in their existence i don't know if it is don't don't quote me but they're i think they finished like nine and 14 or something 
and Duke is not good. So I said they're in a pickle because two of the biggest blue bloods that you have in college basketball will not be playing in the tournament. And they're not even good enough to make the NIT. So now you're going to see how how important is or we're going to see what the NCAA committee is made of because do you just put them in because of viewership or because of money and when I say in there's no way in heaven to hell they can make the tournament so at this point I'm talking about the NIT now I don't know if the Duke is going to be in the NIT seeing as though they shut down the the athletics program until further notice but are they going to be you know uh are they going to put them in NIT just because of namesake? Because if we're to put them in by record, they don't deserve to be in it at all. Neither one of them, as in Duke or Tech, Kentucky. And honestly, even though I'm a North Carolina fan, if North Carolina doesn't win the ACC tournament, they're, they're kind of on the fence. I, I mean, they have some big wins against uh, you know, Florida State, but they also got smacked by like Virginia. So... Like I said, they're in a pickle, man. We could, this could be one of the first years where three of the biggest blue bloods, which is North Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky, aren't in the aren't in any tournament. Well, I'll say this: more than likely, if 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 North Carolina doesn't make the in, the tournament, they'll probably make the NIT. But that's NIT. Like the joke is, <laughs> I mean, not in tournament. That's pretty much what that is. It, uh, even though it's National Invitational, you know, this and that, but. Yeah, man. Uh, Duke finished the year 13-11 and 9-9 in conference. That's not good enough. And that's especially for them and having all those players that thought they were one-and-dones like or think they're one-and-dones. It's, it's tough. Now, well, it is interesting to see what a lot of players do with this because this is pretty much a free year when it comes to, you know, at, um, when it comes to eligibility, because you know they said that that's what the NCAA said, so it's 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 interesting to see what happens with some of the seniors. Do they come back uh, for like a sixth year or whatever? It's very interesting. I, I do because a lot of players that thought that they were going to be one and dones or thought that they were going to be uh, draft picks had a really tough season to see. And so it's like, what are we? What is, what's going to happen? Do they come back for another year and try to get better or? Do they play their hand at the draft, which more than likely they're not going to get drafted, so they go to the G League or something? I think it's interesting to see. It's definitely interesting to see. Um, Let's move on. So, Miles Leonard. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. So, for people that aren't aware, Myers Leonard was on a, I guess, gaming. I think he was playing Call of Duty or something, live streaming. And he said a Semitic um slur on the live stream i'm not gonna repeat it because it's offensive and i'm not gonna repeat it if you want to know what he said or don't know what he said and want to know go google it i'm sure it's everywhere on google but um look it doesn't matter how you feel about something once you offend somebody um, once you offend somebody, they're offended. In my in my opinion, if you offend somebody, apologize. That's what you do. Like you offended them for using a Semitic term 
you offended a you offended Jewish people in this case. Um, so apologize. And this is why I'm kind of talking about this. So, you know, he he is away from the team indefinitely. Uh, the M- NBA f- suspended him for like a, a week. I think they fined him like 15000 or something like that. Here's why I'm talking about this. Because of the, the because of the apology that he issued, and as, I mean he as Miles Leonard, saying I didn't know what the word means to me is disingenuous. Because you said it, I don't just say words. And in fact, I'll just speak for myself. Yeah, I'm speaking for myself. I just don't say words that I don't mean. There's not, or that not don't mean, that I don't know. There's no words in my vocabulary that I don't know. And the fact that he pulled that word out, and the the thing is, that's not a that's not a word that that's not a common word. Like you have to know what that means because that's not a word that you just pull. That's like, oh yeah, boom. Like no, you just don't pull that word. That word has to be rooted somewhere, and you have to know exactly what that word means. Because that's not a word that you hear every day. Until Myers Leonard said it, I don't remember the last time I heard that word. So, ah, man, you know, it's, again, it is, don't, if you're going to apologize, apologize. Say, yo, I said what I said. I apologize. I didn't mean to offend anybody in that community. Uh, I'm going to try everything possible to, to, you know, learn and change and this and third apologize don't say oh i didn't know what it meant but i do apologize that's 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 saturating the apology like okay i I mean y'all can't be mad at me because i didn't know what it meant no bro you said it and a lot of people i'm not calling this man racist don't get me wrong i'm not calling him racist i will say that this incident happened, and he is one person that the whole NBA, the entire NBA, was taking a knee for the injustice of African Americans and for the death of black people by the hands of cops. And he was one proudly standing up when everyone was taking a knee. Now, I understand that, you know, this is a free country. You do what you do. You... And let me say, he was taking a a stand because he respected the troops, which yet again, this had nothing to do with the troops. This was a demonstration to show support for the African-American community because they are getting disproportionately murdered by cops. But I digress. He decided to take it upon himself to stand now again under you know it's a free country you do what you do but the fact that you couldn't just say you know what let me let me just do this even if i don't believe it let me just do this in support of somebody else and he couldn't even do that that kind of spoke volumes to me right there and then now you have this again i'm not calling him racist but I am saying that he is having a pattern of, let's say, insensitivity. So, yeah, man. And, and, and the worst part about it, not even the worst part, because the worst part about it is that he said it. The bad, Another bad thing is he's not even good enough. It's not, it, he's not good enough. So I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to be done. 
he does bring some value to a team. Um, and I, I don't think that I, I, I'm not too sure if he's going to, uh, you know, come back and play valuable minutes for the heat. I don't, I don't know. And I don't, it's, it's again, bro. Like don't say I didn't know what the word was. Cause you said it like you, just, I, I'm not one of the people. I just don't say words. I don't know. And like I said, that's not a, that's not a word. Like you don't hear stuff like that. You don't, you, you don't hear words like that on a regular basis for a reason. So you, you had to pull it from somewhere. So that's just it. But before we go, I guess I'll talk about some hometown, um, hometown news, uh, to end the, end the show. So I want to shout out, shout out. I want to shout out Natasha Cloud and the Washington Mists for agreeing to a deal three years, $565,000, um, I'm really glad that the W, I mean that the the Mystics got this one right, seeing as though uh, Natasha Cloud missed the season last year, one due to COVID, you know, like you know everything that was going on with COVID, and she made it a point to devote her time to fighting the injustices of African Americans as far as you know uh, fundraisers and and marches and and speaking out and stuff like that, so. She took a, she took her season, you know, she, she put the season aside for a bigger purpose, you know, um, and shouts out to Converse for paying, you know, her salary last year. But, you know, it, I, I'm glad that she didn't, I don't I don't know if she had to or not, but it doesn't seem like she had to fight for every penny because, you know, she didn't play last year and, you know the 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 Mystics got it right, and also shouts out to Latoya uh, Saunders, who was a longtime Mystic, and you know she retires and now will be joining the staff. You know, yeah, the Mystics are getting a lot right now. I think that the whole um, Elena Deladon thing was that we that happened maybe a year or two ago. We'll talk about you know we don't need to talk about that again, but. At least in this situation, with Natasha Cloud and Latoya Saunders, they got it right. So, shouts out to Natasha Cloud, shouts out to Latoya Saunders, and shouts out to the Mystics. And there you have it. That has been this Saturday's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I, I'm liking this too. This is the first what two two episode a week thing, so I like it. Again, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're consuming the podcast. Um, come to come 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 to the YouTube if you're not here yet and and see the visuals. Again, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. I'm trying to find out what's going on with our relationship. Why am I the only one that's always calling, making an effort? I understand that you're busy on the road. You have to do what you have to do for your career. But I feel like if you really want this relationship, you do what you have to do for us also. Like I'm always, always the one doing everything. I'm like,
What happened to us? Maybe I'm rapping too much. I've been missing your touch. Sometimes I'm out and I lust. What if love ain't enough? And all we have is this trust. What if I'm fucking that up so you don't trust in me much? I'm wasting your time to say I'm straight. I'd be lying. It's either you or this music, but I can't make up my mind. I told you a line. I'd give you a sign. Right now I'm through with the trying. I think you're ready to fly. I settle for less, so when I'm tired of stress, I go through the motion pretending I'm at my best. Fall victim to flesh. I live to be fresh, but this ain't what I expect because my life is a wreck. I run out of breath because I ain't taking the steps. Money comes and it goes to families, all I got left. I'm seeing my growth, but I'm still for myself. You'll be hollering out next because you're ready to fly. I can't find the words, so you'll just fill in the blanks. I'm doing the norm, and now what it takes. I'll keep holding my cards, and you'll keep raising the stakes till we forget about us and what we have is too late. I'm knowing your heart, you ain't conditioned to race. So I steady the wheel, forever pumping the brakes. Resort to the bottle, that's how I deal with the shakes. Pray for these haters, that's how I deal with the hate. Look to the sky, don't be content with the now. You ain't concerned with the why. You just wanna know how. I didn't give it a chance when you just wanna be down and save me for myself. But I'm wanting to drown. King is much more than the weight of a crown. As good as it feels, that ain't the way that it sounds. Being single is cool till ain't nobody around. Then I'm chasing you down, cause you was ready to fly. I can't be what you want me to be. You shooting too high, cause you ain't aiming at me. One minute you calling out for the D. Then the next minute you wanna be free. Then the next minute you hollering out peace. Although I know it's a war and there'll be blood in the street. If you call, don't be frustrated at me. Just leave your heart at the beep, cause mine is harder to reach. Cause mine is harder to see. And that don't make it harder to cheat. Being friends will make it harder to breathe. So if you're ready to fly, just forget about me. But if you're willing to try, then I'm willing to leap out of the window of pain and fall in love at your feet. I ain't the man you want me to be. I guess that's what's been bothering me.